Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to our latest series of vodcasts. And this one will be on CT enterography, and I'm using this as a, a session based on some of the questions we've gotten on CTSS, and also the fact I gave this talk at the Rankin Ray meeting a couple weeks ago. I'll discuss some of the basics of oral contrast in relationship to small bowel imaging, and that's really what CT enterography is, is a test for really optimizing looking at the small bowel. Now, we know there are many ways to look at the small bowel with oral contrast. You can use positive contrast material. We commonly will use oral omnipake as a solution. You can use neutral agents. Water is the most common agent we use. And then volumen when we're really doing dedicated studies. And that's typically what you call CT enterography. We always will use IV contrast material, ideally at about 5 cc's a second. And just some simple examples. Here's with positive contrast. And you can see positive contrast has certain advantages, opacifies the bowel loops. Negative is that you can't really see the wall very well because of the contrast in place. But you can see very nicely in this example the fold thickening. You get a good look at the mesenteric vessels, of course, because you gave IV contrast material. You can see some of the small mesenteric nodes. And you do have a very good look at the thick and small bowel folds uh, in this patient with Crohn's disease. And of course, in this next example, a patient with lymphoma, and we commonly do give positive contrast when we're staging some tumors like lymphoma or colon cancer, but you can see the large mass in the mesentery, the displacement of mesenteric vessels, displacement of bowel, very nice example of lymphoma with a big bulky mass in the mesentery. So positive contrast is good, but when you want to get the real details of bowel, the enhancement, when you talk about white bowel or black bowel or gray bowel, you really need to have a, a neutral contrast agent. So water is a very good agent. The thing about water is it's very well tolerated. Uh, you need to wait no more than 30 minutes. If the bowel is not obstructed, water will get resorbed if you wait much longer than 30 minutes. So really, it's hard to distend the bowel very much, even when you give lots of water in the patient without obstruction. When the patient does have obstruction or delayed transit, water does distend the bowel a lot better. Again, as I mentioned, we'll always use IV contrast at that 5cc rate, ideally. And here's just one nice example of water as a contrast agent. You can see the patient does have a stricture in the distal small bowel. There's some surgical clips present, very nicely shown on the volume rendered images. And this was a patient with Crohn's disease with an area of recurrent disease near the anastomosis with some mild obstruction at that point. And of course, you go from volume rendering to MIP to get a little better look at the mesenteric vessels and the distal vasorecta. Now, when you look at volume rendering in MIP, and you can see it in this example where I'm showing you both of those images, you can see that volume rendering is better for looking at the bowel and it's very good for looking at the vessels. The MIP is ideal for looking at the vessels, particularly the very distal branch vessels, though it's not as good at looking at the bowel, for example, seeing the strictures in this patients with Crohn's disease. What you see very nicely with a neutral contrast agent, and this case shows it very well, is the interface between bowel and the vessels, the vessels erecta, also the enhancement of the bowel, which is a white bowel in this case, which means the patient has active Crohn's disease. So just a very nice example. Now let's take it a step forward. 
The ideal contrast agent not only opacifies the bowel with a neutral agent, but brings fluid in the bowel to distend it a bit more, and that's really what you're trying to do with CT enterography with volumen. And here's a good article from Radiographics. CT enterography allows excellent visualization of the entire thickness of the bowel wall and depicts extra enteric involvement as well, providing more detailed and comprehensive information about the extent and severity of the disease process. Now, in terms of doing the studies, there's a very specific protocol. Uh, it will vary depending on the protocol you use. Volumen comes in bottles of 450 cc's. And here's the protocol they used in this one article where one bottle at 60 minutes, then 40 minutes, then 20 minutes, and then just prior to scanning at 10 minutes, and then they gave IV contrast. We've tended to use a different protocol, which I'll show you after, which is using two bottles at 30 minutes and at 20 minutes, and then water equivalent at 10 minutes. Um, one of the problems with too much volume is patients get fairly uh, impressive diarrhea. So it's a matter of titrating the, f the uh, amount we give patients. I did a survey the other week. Most people are using three cups. Some of the newer solutions of volume tend to have less of the agent that gives patients diarrhea, so it's a little bit easier. Now, in terms of CT enterography, that article and our experience notes there are four really good applications. There are more, but here's one, Crohn's disease. Another is for GI bleeding, possible tumors, or ischemia. But anything where you need detailed uh, analysis of the small bowel. So our protocol is this 10-minute, 10-minute, 10-minute protocol, which you can see here. And then what we'll typically do for most cases is do dual-phase imaging. We do not do non-contrast CT and have found no value with delayed-phase imaging. But we're typically doing two phases, often with a fixed delay, 30 and 60 seconds roughly. If patients are older, we'll make the second phase more closer to 70 seconds. You can do bolus tracking. You can do test bolus. We never use test bolus in the abdomen. We tend to use test bolus only for cardiac. So we'll do bolus triggering. And the thing about bolus triggering that becomes important and why we like it is with scanners now being so fast, here I'm showing you the difference between a 64 and a dual source, the scan of the abdomen takes literally a second. And so if you're off by three seconds, the study may be ruined and we can't repeat the study because we need optimal minimal radiation dose. So for example, by using a trigger point, and again, your trigger point becomes important. You're doing the abdominal aorta, trigger near the diaphragm. On a 64 slice, you may trigger it to 20. On a dual source, you might trigger it to 70, 280. You can see when you trigger, scanners will vary a little bit in how long it takes from triggering to scanning, but you can really optimize the enhancement, and I've shown this slide before, but you can see how you get enhancement at a 500 Hounsfield unit level, and so when you're doing 3D vascular mapping, you get really spectacular enhancement, and the enhancement is homogeneous throughout the column because when you hit a trigger point and you scan, the scanning is so fast, you don't have any of the washout. Now, you can see from the images I showed you that a very important part of uh, CT enterography is how we look at the images. Uh, axials are a start, but you really must do the multiplanar and 3D imaging. Curve planar, we don't really use very much. 
but it's that Axial MPR Volume Rendering MIP. And I'll show you an example why with a good CT enterography example of a patient with Crohn's disease. You can see the thickened bowel nicely on the axial imaging. You can see the mucosal enhancement, active disease. But you can see it better when you go to coronal, so that's the next step, because you have uh, the entire data set, and now we're looking at the extent of involvement, so we can see it a lot better. Then we take one more step, and we put it in MIP, and now look how nicely we can see the vessels, the vasorecta, are very easy to see. The increased flow into the bowel, very nicely defined. Now remember with MIP, as in this case, you don't see the bowel as well as you would like. So we go to the volume rendering, and now see the abnormal enhancement of bowel, the white bowel, and the strictures. Okay, so very nicely shown, making the point how when you do CT enterography, you've learned three things. One, you need to have special agents and good distension. Two, you need to give a good bolus injection with good timing. And three, you need multiplanar and 3D displays to really make it worthwhile. And again, here's our protocol one more time in terms of the sequence. And the text need to be on top of things. If you wait too long, the contrast really is of no value. And then our protocols will be with thin section CT. Here's on a 64 slice, but it's that uh, 0.75 millimeter thick sections every 0.5 millimeters. That works very nicely. And so when you look at it, even areas that were often difficult to do adenum is often a challenge to distend. So many tumors are missing the duodenum, and I'll show you some examples in a little bit. But look how nicely you can see the duodenum from the first to the fourth portion to ligament of trites, very nicely shown. Now, one thing you recognize very well when you use volumen is a difference in the appearance of the proximal and distal bowel. The more distal bowel, the ileum tends to distend a bit better, and you can see fluid-filled ileum very nicely here. You want to be careful when you first start doing these studies is not to overcall that the bowel has lots of fluid and so the patient has diarrhea and you start thinking about causes of diarrhea. That's a normal appearance with volumen. Now, when you have pathology, look at this case of the duodenum. Look at the axial imaging. This patient has multiple enhancing polypoid lesions. Again, the axials do show it. You can see under the circle, but look how much better you see it in the coronal display. You see they're enhancing, not hypervascular, but there's enhancement. But more importantly, compare the normal mucosa of the duodenum with these lobular lesions, very nicely shown again in this example. Duodenal lesions, as I mentioned, classically are overlooked, but look how nicely you can see the lesion here. Or in this example, in a patient with a carcinoid tumor in the duodenum. Yes, most carcinoids are in the ileum. Here's one in the duodenum. Under two centimeters in size, you can see it's vascular, faint calcification, nicely seen in volume rendering, and also nicely seen on the MIP imaging. Very, very nicely defined. Now, in terms of display, I always like to mention this article that looked, it was at 16 slice, but the point is made, coronal images are, are uh, more appealing to the surgeons. They find them to be more helpful, and that was true in more than 76% of cases. So again, the display, I think, is helpful for the surgeons, but let's be honest, it's very helpful for the radiologists. So let's look at some examples where we use CT enterography. So one is in small bowel obstruction. Now there are many causes of small bowel obstruction from benign causes like adhesions to malignancies like a small bowel tumor.
We also see hernias. We talk about inflammatory bowel disease. And just by the numbers, of course, if I just mentioned small bowel obstruction, the highest percent is these days is going to be adhesions with neoplasms under 5%. So things we answer. Does the patient actually have small bowel obstruction or is the patient's clinical symptoms related to something else? If the patient does have a small bowel obstruction, is it partial or is it complete? And if we do have a bowel obstruction, can we determine its cause, see the site of obstruction, and determine whether or not this patient can be managed medically or this patient indeed will need surgery? Now, there are different classifications of bowel, and I won't go into that in detail, but typically we talk about simple or complicated. Complicated are the ones do not pass go, go directly to surgery, closed loop or incarcerated obstruction, strangulation, high morbidity, high mortality, unless you act very quickly. And it still is somewhat treacherous even in, when you're acting quickly. Uh, and again, simple obstruction can be from intermittent to complete. But again, it's kind of the level of uh, emergency in some sense is how we look at things. Now, when you look at the small bowel, regardless of the technique, CT enterography or otherwise, things we look for, bowel wall thickening over 3 millimeters, which means if the wall is seen, it's thick. Abnormal enhancement, is the enhancement increased or is it decreased? What about position of the bowel? Is it in a hernia or is there malrotation? Can we get secondary signs from the mesenteric fat? Is the mesenteric fat inflamed? Um, are there nodes in the mesentery? Is there an abscess? Is there something else we can suggest? When we look at the bowel loops, over 2.5 centimeters in cross-section, they're dilated. We talk about a feces sign, which means air bubbles and intestinal content as a sign proximal to the site of bowel obstruction. We talk about wall thickening, as I mentioned a moment ago, and then looking at transitions in the bowel appearance. So let's look at a couple examples. Here's a nice case. You can see the bowel is distended, but what you start noticing is in the loops Look at the what looks like feces. It looks like the colon, but it's really small bowel. And when you look at this in a coronal display, you really can see it much better. And so now we're looking at a feces sign. Now we know there's obstruction. The only question we have is specifically where's the obstruction. So we roam through the bowel. You can see very nicely the fluid in the bowel and the feces looking for that distal bowel obstruction. We can accentuate the images to get the vascular map with volume rendering or with, uh, in that case, or with MIP, and again, looking for the specific transition zone. Another example, here's markedly dilated bowel, and look at that beautiful feces sign that we can see. And so we'll follow the bowel downward. The feces sign leads you to where the obstruction is. So now we're looking toward the right lower quadrant, and we keep looking, and look at the transition. I'll circle it for you right at the circle. You see that thickening right there? There was an area of adhesions and inflammation. This patient had the adhesion taken care of at surgery, and actually at that point the bowel uh, looked nice and pink, and no bowel was needed to be resected. A key thing about getting patients to the OR early is you often can save the need for bowel resection. Removing the adhesion at times may be all you need. Now, one thing we mentioned was the feces sign. The other thing we mentioned was enhancement as a good sign. So look at the bowel in this case. You see dilated bowel loops left up a quadrant. They're dilated, they're thickened, but you also notice they're really not enhancing. And we have a good contrast bolus. And that's why we speak so much about the contrast. You also notice there's too much bowel on the left side of the abdomen. Just look at the images.
Well, when you take that into a coronal plane, you really appreciate how the bowel is herniated uh, and you have internal hernia. Look at the twist in the left lower quadrant. Look at the normal bowel in the right lower quadrant compared to the no abnormal bowel in the left side of the abdomen. Couple more views of that, very nicely showing you an internal hernia. So things we see, bowels dilated, there's wall thickening, there's lack of enhancement, it's in the wrong position. Everything on the 3D left, 2D right, everything you need to know, it's a surgical emergency. And just one more example of that, abdominal pain, ascites, never a good sign. There's dilated small bowel, we're following it down. No pneumatosis, gotta look for pneumatosis. Look at the appearance of that small bowel in the right lower quadrant. You can see the bowel, it kind of twisted upon itself. The bowel on the left side of the abdomen all looks normal in caliber. And when you look at it, what this patient had was, again, an internal hernia, surgical emergency. So, again, looking for transitions, looking at location, and looking at appearance. Now, another thing we can look at, and I'll show you this example, it's a great case, is pneumatosis. We look for air in the bowel wall. Now, we always think about ischemia, think about portal venous gas. It's a sign of ischemia. But there's many reasons for pneumatosis. This patient eventually did have ischemic bowel, but this patient had scleroderma. Collagen vascular diseases can give you uh, pneumatosis. Now, sometimes pneumatosis is hard to recognize. I don't think this is the case in this example. You can see the fluid and bowel and the air 360 degrees around it. If you're uncertain, just look at lung windows, and you can see how the lung windows really accentuate the pneumatosis. The extent of pneumatosis is better seen on these windows than on the soft tissue windows. And here's one more example. And you can see the beautiful pneumatosis. This is so extensive in this patient. Look at it on the coronal view. And I actually uh, did some 3D mapping. Look at that appearance. I've only seen that appearance in scleroderma. This patient at this point did not have ischemia. The patient later on did develop ischemic bowel. But just a beautiful example on 3D, basically using the uh, virtual colonoscopy software to show you the uh, pneumatosis. It's interesting. You don't appreciate the pneumatosis when you simply look at the intraluminal view because it's all beneath the surface of the mucosa, but just a beautiful view. Now, a key application is, I mentioned, small bowel neoplasms, which are very much a challenge. Remember how we always speak about how from time of presentation to diagnosis, it could be 12 to 18 months. With CT enterography, I believe we can pick up tumors much earlier, and it's critical. And I'll tell you what we'll do. Time is running a little bit late, so let's stop here, and I'll pick it up in a few minutes, and we'll take a look at small bowel neoplasms. See you then. <laughs>